0: The Business Report Spotlight is brought to you by Renaissance Health Medical Aid Fund. RMA. Your health comes first.
1: So today in our Spotlight interview, I'm talking to Vili Ferdus. He's the general manager of Ndongo Toyota. As our listeners will know, in our Spotlight interviews, we speak to people um, that have helped shape the business environment in Namibia. So about their life stories and the lessons that they've learned. Um, So we are welcoming you to our show today, Vili. Thank you very much for being with us.
0: Yeah, thank you very much and uh, good day to the listeners as well.
1: So I've tried to do some background reading on Valley, Um but what I've seen over time is, is the slightly younger my guests are, the more I can read up about them on the internet, and the slightly older they are, I virtually found nothing. So you're going to have to tell me everything today. So let's start at the very beginning, as they say. So where are you from? Uh, where did you grow up, your schooling, et cetera?
0: Yeah, I grew up, uh, you know, in southern Namibia. I was born and bred in Namibia, and uh As a matter of fact, you know, I matriculated in Carlsberg High School and uh, yeah, that was a long time ago, but I've ever been in Namibia since then. only studied in South Africa, uh, Stellenbosch University and you know, and yeah, that's it. Uh, Since then, I'm here.
1: Okay, okay. Where did you study? I
0: Studied uh, BCom.
1: A BCom at Stellenbosch in a hostel? I swear. okay. <laughs>
0: Snoop down. <laughs> exactly.
1: Well, I was in the hostel next door. So, okay, so take us through your career path and how did you eventually end up at Indongu, your various places, and maybe if you can then also share with us some significant challenges that you had to overcome in, in these sort of changes.
0: Yeah, in short, you know, I started off as a teacher.
1: Okay. Yeah. And what then, subjects?
0: Uh, economy, and mathematics, and accounting mainly. Okay. Uh, in the South? No, no. In Goebar was, oh, you know, to. Uh, okay.
1: Uh, yeah.
0: So, and after, you know, I was with the development corporation, the oh. old Enoch, that's yes. today Nida. So, I was there for slightly more than eight years and uh, I started off as a business analyst and uh, then I ended up heading that department. And then I was for, I think, about 17 months at Agra, of all places, <laughs> you know, uh, and uh, thereafter, uh, you know, I had a business with a partner. We, we were packing foodstuffs, uh, sugar and so on, and we uh, were in the commodity trade.
1: That's not after Agra.
0: After Agra. So, uh, and it's a very long story how I got involved in the the motor industry that maybe I I would not like to tell now. But eventually, you know, we started in the motor industry in 1999. (laughs) So me and my partner, uh, you know, and we started off, uh, you know, those days with uh, Kia, Dahatsu and Renault. And uh, that we call Derenkia Motors. You're not allowed to do something like that today because it was a combination of the three brands. Nice and quite a lot of people in those days they didn't even know that Kia was a car. So we started off at the Vinduk Showgrounds without a showroom, without nothing, just to test the market. You know, and we sold eleven vehicles on on that on occasion. That the, okay. At the, the, the Vinduk very Show first
1: day. Okay. in
0: September ninety nine. Then in uh, 2000, July, we got uh, Hyundai on board. Okay. And uh, then I was with them ever since, you know, up till uh, the end of August 2020. So we've started from a very small base and, you know, eventually I'm very proud to say that we've, you know, uh, established a very, very nice dealership and a footprint all over Namibia.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: And... uh, You know, then uh, I sold my shares to the new motors group. Previously, Mm. it was Imperial. I was in a joint venture with them. Uh, And, uh, you know, they then uh, uh, determined that we must resign in the year that you got 60.
1: Mm.
0: So, and uh, then, you know, fortunately, you know, I ended up at Indongo Toyota after I had a discussion with Mr. Kobus van Graan, the then CEO of, of the France Indongo Group. And, uh, now I'm there for slightly more than three years okay. now. Okay.
1: Okay. And you were dealer principal and now you're general manager. So it sounds like a, a full life story up until now. Some of your greatest yeah. challenges that you had to overcome with career changes.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, career change is always, uh, a bit disruptive mm-hmm. and, and, uh, obviously difficult, uh, especially, you know, you have to apply your mindset and, and you must uh, really come to grips with it, um, but it's always a very, very nice challenge, mm. you know, to take up uh, something new, mm. especially if you are convinced that you can add value, you know, to that specific business. Yeah. Um, so uh, I never, you know, shied away from, from any challenge. Mm. I grew up in, in a small community, in a small school. So mm. I'm used to small teams, you know, and, yeah. and to let it work.
1: Yeah. And then obviously also being able to pass on a lot to the young people working for you so the motor industry has been tough and it's had some ups and downs over the years so and the industry has also been very dependent on the activity of the economy and obviously also the, the, the bill the government spending on on vehicles maybe some thoughts from your side about having one's business not too reliant on one sort of consumer side or a buyer side maybe some thoughts around diversification
0: yeah I just think uh, you know if if you look at uh, business models um, you know if you are not constantly uh, you know basically uh,
1: adapting yeah, yeah adapting
0: you know you will die yes. you will become a dinosaur <laughs> so um Uh, And that's no different to the motor industry, you know, Mm. so you you constantly need to look at what you can do else, what you you need to diversify, Mm. you need to to change your business model. And I think, you know, if you look at 2014, 2015, governments spent over a billion Namibian dollars, you know, on on the purchase of vehicles. And uh, the industry somehow got a bit spoiled, I think. So uh, after that, you know, all of a sudden there was a moratorium introduced by uh, the president of Namibia. And then, you know, we had, with COVID and thereafter, we had quite a lot of disruptions, mm. uh, which, you know, had a serious impact on viability mm. of, of any business, not only in the motor industry. Mm. But, uh, you know, it's, it's how you weather the storm. Uh, and And if you you know, you can plan around it and you can take your team with you, you know, then you will eventually, mm. you will, uh, you mm. know, uh, be successful.
1: Now, I guess another, um, just given our discussion before this now on um, hybrid cars, etc. another diversification angle now would be your renewables or rather your um, battery-operated cars. So maybe some thoughts around that given everything that's changing in Namibia and the views of the world, where, where are sort of some of your thoughts around hybrid vehicles, plugins and all of that?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, uh, to a lot of people, uh, it's it's the future, uh, you know, and, and uh, even Europe, you know, they are phasing out what we call the ICE engine, the internal combustion engine. Mm. But I think, you know, in Africa, we're always lagging a bit behind the developed countries in uh, and I think, you know, that, that the ice engine will be with us for some time in Africa. Uh, the challenge we also have, obviously, is, is you know, the, the, the batteries for these mm. vehicles, uh, you know, the charging points, The uh, uh, reliable, it must be a reliable source of, of uh, electricity in the country. Mm. And if you look at South Africa, for instance, with load shedding, that can pose a problem. Uh, But I think also that, you know, uh, some other green energy uh, options will become available as well, you know, in Namibia as well, as well as as globally, Mm. you know, so I think hydrogen, you Mm. know, will play a big role Mm. in future uh, in Mm. the motor industry as well.
1: As well. eh? Yeah, I, I take what you say. So maybe just back to work-life balance. So take us through some pointers. How does one achieve that? I mean, the little bit of research that I did um, said to me that you're a workhorse. So how did you achieve some work-life balance?
0: Yeah, obviously it's, it's difficult. But, you know, if you have no balance in your life, you know, it's, it's like juggling some balls and some are of glass and some are of rubber and some you can afford to let it fall will bounce back. But the glass ball, you know, if you let it fall, it's gone. It's broken. Uh, So, but I think, you know, if if you have a happy marriage, you know, and you have a wife supporting you. And, uh, you know, I can gladly say I'm happily married and (laughs) I really got a wife that's supporting me. That's helping a lot. Mm. You know, you need that understanding and support in the background Mm. uh, as well. And then you need to balance your life with some physical activity as Mm. well. So, you know, I got involved in cycling and uh, in the previous business where I was, you know, I had my own cycling team that I sponsored. And, uh, you know, for many a year. Okay. So uh, I'm still cycling a bit, you know, but I haven't got enough time to do it properly. But <laughs> yeah. but you really have to, to have a balanced life. Otherwise, yeah. you know, you will end up in trouble soon and yeah. you will be a burnout.
1: Yeah. And you took your kids with you on the cycling journey. Mm.
0: Yeah, that's one of the reasons I've started, you know, when they were younger. Mm. And uh yeah, and they're still cycling today. Mm. Uh, you know, not competitively, but mm. they're fit. Mm. Definitely fitter than I. Yeah.
1: And it was a way to create time with them.
0: Yeah, yeah, you you, you, you have quality boxes. time, you know, if you're cycling, especially yeah. if you do these what we call L- LSDs, got nothing to do with drugs, you know. It's <laughs> it's a long slow distance cycle. Yes. You know, if you do Is this. That a dash? Yeah, but even if you practice, you know, okay. you do say on a Saturday or Sunday, you do 100 kilometers or so, you know, yeah. and then you've got a lot of time to, to, yeah. to communicate properly and to chat about things that they normally will not chat to you about. And yeah,
1: so I will definitely not be able. It will just be, you know, I won't have any breath, but it's great. So I think that's the that's the sort of lesson is to create an activity that you can do with your kids and it keeps you fit and it de-stresses you. So, yeah, that was sort of the message then for our listeners. So on that point, to our young people that are listening to this interview, in your opinion, what would you say are young people doing today right in terms of their careers and what are they maybe needing to work a little bit on to advance their careers?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, the younger generation, they would like to have instant gratification Mm. in everything. Mm. Now, sometimes it's not always possible. Uh, And uh, especially if you would like to progress in a business, you know, you cannot start on top. Uh, Even if you have graduated, you know, you you need to to start at fairly low in, in the rankings in the business, you know, to, that's the only way you learn and you really understand the business. Uh, so, um, I think, you know, something that's lacking with them, you know, is what I will call maybe the three P's, uh, and you've got a lot of things that you can refer to, but it's patience, persistence, and perseverance. As Uh, and that applies to sport as well. And that yeah. applies to marriage as well, yeah. you know, so if you, if you really would like to end up well, you know, in mm. your life, you, you need to accommodate these three things. Yeah. Obviously there are a lot of other things as well. Yeah, uh, But, you know, and I think that's a bit lacking. Uh, mm. w- I think where they're very good at is with technology. Mm. They're not afraid of technology. You know, our mm. older generation, we're mm. we a bit cautious. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, But technology, you know, and AI yeah. is so important nowadays. It's, it's making management easier, you know, yeah. and, and everything in life, you know, is made easier. But yeah. the problem is also, you know, with social media and mm. so forth. People believe what they're reading. On social media, and it's it's you know a lot of times it's not mm. the truth. Yeah. So there's a, a, a vagueness, if I can say, about mm. what's true and what's not. Yeah. And to me, that's a bit of a of an issue. And then I think proper communication will be mm. one of the biggest challenges going forward. Uh, you know, between the different generations.
1: Yeah. So talking about what's true and what's true, I mean, I didn't now know that you started the businesses and they were so successful. So that's obviously a burning point at the moment in the economy is how do we um, get SMEs going, um, get them the right um, mentoring, get them the funding they need for them to start businesses and therefore also then employ people. So talking about truth and not truth, uh, what would you say uh, currently is really the problem? or Are there problems for people to to start their own businesses? Um, what is the truth around SME development and what is not true?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting question. I, I think, you know, from a regulatory point of view, it's very difficult to start a business. Mm. We're really not making the life easy for any person that's starting a business, you know, and, and, uh, that in itself, I think, is very disruptive. Mm. Um, so uh, it's simply taking too long. Mm. You know, the, the 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 financing houses, the banks, and so on—they way too strict. I mm. think they need special programs. You know, where they you know look into this. And then I think there's a big uh, a vacuum, if I can call it that. You know, with, with maybe older people in the business fraternity you know to to mentor these mm. people
1: so that 's a good point.
0: so uh, i I think we can do so much more. We have uh, a lot of retired yeah. business people with a lot of knowledge and skills, yeah. and I think if we can accommodate them to a mm. certain extent mon- mentoring these mm. people, you know it will what greatly look assist out
1: for yeah exactly yeah. yeah so that that remains a topic of discussion whenever I also speak to someone. In these interviews, it's always the question, what, what are the problems? You know, is it funding? As you say, maybe funding is an issue, mentoring as well. Um, I think the NIPDB is now going to have a survey again about the competitiveness of Namibia. And hopefully there will be a lot of response in terms of what are those regulatory challenges, as you say, that makes it so difficult. Willie, thank you very much for talking to us today. It was very insightful, especially for me, um, learning so much about your history and the fact that you've started that business. I mean, I, I stood here and I said, oh yeah, I remember, you know. So well done. Um, And then all the best in the rest of your career and enjoying your family life as well. Thank you for talking to us.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. And I wish everybody well, especially over the festive season, you know. So we must be careful when we're on the roads and enjoy. Exactly. Thanks, Billy. The Business Report Spotlight was proudly brought to you by Renaissance Health Medical Aid Fund. RMA. Your health comes first.